This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Harbaugh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday, and that means Paula is here in the studio ready for your questions. She's looking particularly smart today and, and extra spiritual. Oh, you know it. Mm-hmm. Closing my eyes when the, when the kids were praying for me and stuff. <laughs> so if you have any questions for Paula, today is the day. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, life questions, um, female questions today. Marriage questions, whatever's on your heart, we'll do the best that we can. You need only to call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically at 630-5757. You can email your question to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the hands-free feature in your phone and the free KSLR mobile app. Um, just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and everything else is hands-free. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. It is the date day edition of the program, so Paula, it's your show. Yes, it is. And God told me, he says... This is the one for life, meaning you. And so every Thursday, since the Lord gave you good sense, um, when he told you, you know, don't clean the house on Thursday, even though I appreciate that, Pastor Ron. I appreciated it, don't get me wrong. But that you're supposed to make me feel special on Thursdays. And so, so far you've been doing pretty good. So what I did is give you a job every Thursday (laughs) on the radio show. (laughs) You You remember when we were asked to do the show? And I came to you and I said, Paula, a live show, 4 o'clock comes at 4 o'clock every day. Mm-hmm. It'll change our lives. Mm-hmm. And we really had to really mm-hmm. look at our schedule, prioritize, seek the Lord in prayer. Yep. And you had to get over being mad because I asked you to do it. Yes. But I remember exactly where we were because we were on vacation. And we were sitting at the table that had the, it was kind of a high table with the two stools right there. And you got off the phone and you turned around and said, they want us, <laughs> like us who, <laughs> to be on the radio. You and who else, Pastor Ron? But that's when you said me, and then you said to pray about it. That's, that, that is a really, really wonderful thing that you say. At the same time, my mind was already made up to say no. <laughs> no. But you said to pray about it, and so here we are. But, yeah, and it was only a half-hour show back then, so it went really fast. 
which I totally enjoyed because, you know, two or three questions to pass around and it was time to go home. Um, but, yeah, but it's been a, kind of a real joy to, you know, the Lord says, we're, we're in our eighth year. It's amazing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people need to be encouraged. And so here we are. And, you know, I hear from people quite often you know, I love listening to you guys on Thursdays and stuff. And people come here to the church and they're like, they don't even, some of them have never seen me, but they hear this voice that I have. And they're like, oh, you're her. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, because I go other places than just this radio. Did you see me in the ATV parking lot? What did I do? <laughs> you know, because I have been known to say, oh, you know, I saw that parking space before you. And so my flesh kind of, so when they say, oh, that's you. It's like, hmm. Okay, which you are we talking about, the spiritual one or that other lady? <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of strange being recognized in public. You know, we have a a public ministry at the church, and videos and stuff go out all over. But but on the radio, you think, well, who would recognize you on the radio? Yeah. And and somebody just asked if we would consider doing a, a video broadcast of of our live shows. <laughs> And I thought, wait a minute, that means on the other days I'd have to, like, be dressed up and stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to do the video. Mm-mm. They don't want to see, because sometimes when they ask those questions, you know what I'm doing. I'm like, get it, Pastor Bob. <laughs> don't even look over here. I don't know that answer, so don't. And so, yeah. Follow up. We wait for the phone calls. <laughs> and if you need encouragement today, uh, we were talking to a couple at breakfast this morning um, about how how difficult this quarantining uh, and the fear and the stress and the isolation from the pandemic has been. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you are home and you need some encouragement, Paula is your girl. So mm-hmm. uh, just give us a shot and we'll we'll do that. Um, <laughs> Paula? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at that. But um, our producer's in the room with us. And he's like, no TV, because then he'd have to get dressed up too. And yeah, no. We do good to get dressed up for church. I don't have that many clothes, so, you know. I don't dress up for church. I think you look really nice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's why I'm glad you're my boyfriend. What's on your heart today? Well, you know, we have the Sweet Summer Devotion series going, and from the beginning, the crowds have already been quite large, and it's it's an exciting time. You know, the ladies come, and... uh, when the ladies who are speaking speak, you know, you just look at them and you think, wow, I wouldn't have thought that about her. Or like with Leanna, she's been coming here since 2009, and she confessed right off the bat, not many of you know me because <laughs> she's exceptionally quiet, even though when she was speaking, you couldn't tell that she's exceptionally quiet. But for years she would come in and have her head down, never looking up, um, and a lot of times our lives are such that it's so they're so filled with shame that we don't want anybody to know us, you know, um, for fear that, ooh, girl, you, you really are messed up. And so maybe you should just move a few rows back. Um, but this year the Lord definitely picked her to share. And um, she had a, she has a big story. And I would encourage any and all that have gone through um, religion, 
crazy parents, uh, too many kids, alcohol uh, on her parents' part uh, in particular, um, craziness, uh, violence in the family. Sexual abuse. Sexual abuse. In the family. Uh, Yeah. I mean, just the list went on and on and on. Um, But the encouraging part is to see what God has done, who he, where he has brought her from, and who she is now. It's just an amazing, I mean, it's just one of those things where you're sitting there, you're listening, and how did you get to be so full of the Lord when everything else was kind of bent to take you away from, I mean, she even said in, and, and see, that's the thing. If you're not here for the question and answer time, you really miss out. Because um, after her teaching, and I can't even discern because I get it all. It's it's always so good. Um, did, has she been able to forgive the parents that were not very good? Um, they were very religious, making the kids go to church. And, and Monday through sun, Saturday... Dad was horrible, and then on Sunday he was the worship leader. He would get kicked out of a church, and then they'd just go to another one, and nobody would check them out. And she she said she had sixteen siblings, sixteen. So, so there were seventeen total in the family. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I had no idea that that was her story, and um, you know how you know you can't go to a motel. And all of you be in one room so that these crazy parents would be sneaking the kids in three at a time under the cover of darkness. And, uh, wow, what a life they they lived. But just, you know, it, we're going to talk about Father's Day. And I don't want any man out there to be that kind of father. Um, because at age 14, some things had happened. And... Um, she just said, I'm done with church. I'm just done with church. This is how it is. And he just keeps on getting away with stuff like this, you know, abusing their mom, abusing her, a sister, and a brother. Um, and he just keeps on, you know, being the guy at church. Uh, she said, I'm just done. And so for her to eventually come back to the Lord is just a move of the Holy Spirit. And Paul, she said she's been here 11 years. Is that what she said? Yeah, 2009. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you, you think about that. Um, we, we've watched her come in from being that, that girl in a shell, you know, uh, painfully shy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think afraid in part that somebody's going to find out about her past and yeah. kick her out. Um, but but over these years, um, and especially the last four or five, we've seen her so faithful in service. Mm-hmm. And um, without saying anything, without wanting any attention, she just serves faithfully. And that's just a, a demonstration of the real power of God to transform a human life, a human mind. And um, while I'm sure that Leanna thinks that there's still some things in her past that are inhibiting her, um, um, boy, the Lord has really set her free and it's been really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Best part about being a pastor 
is you get to see those kinds of transformations. You see the power of God over and over and over. Yeah. People say, well, how can you believe? Well, I believe because of what I see every day. Yeah. And she was just a great example. Yeah. Yeah. From 2009 until now, we have quite a few people, especially those who go away from here and come back. They say this, Pastor Ron, things haven't changed. You're still teaching the same message the same way. You're walking by faith. And the word is consistency, like you just said. You're Mr. Foundation. Yeah, the truth is I'm not smart enough to think of anything else, so (laughs) I just go with the word, what it says. There you go. But that is consistency is attractive. Because like you were saying the other day, what if every year I changed my position on what the word says? We would just be, all of us, so confused and would stay in that confusion. Um, and so thank you very much for the consistency that, that you've demonstrated. And our, I love our pastoral staff because even when you're not here, Pastor Ron, they're good. They do better. They, no, I, don't, I wouldn't <laughs> say better. But, yeah, they're right in line with, with what's good. And I'm so thankful to be a part of Calvary Chapel San Antonio. So anyway, yeah. Um, so if anybody's out there and they think that <clears throat> they are, sorry, they think that they're uh, not good enough for for God to, uh, what would I say, redeem, renew, refresh, reboot, um, stop believing that. You haven't done anything so bad that God cannot um, take you from the ash heap and make you precious and beautiful. So I, I would have loved to have been a fly in the wall in the Q&A session mm-hmm. Monday night. Yeah, yeah. And she did. somebody did ask, have you been able to um, forgive your parents who really just misrepresented what real parenting should be? Um, and yes, she has, but there's not a real relationship with them, you know, any longer. And, and out of those, what, 16, she said 17, it was 18 at one time, and, and I guess at young age, one passed away. Um, but right now, uh, either her siblings are dead because a couple were murdered um, in jail or on the way to jail. Yeah, see, that's a, that's a, I, I think the source of her gratitude. She, you know, there but for the grace of God go I type mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. type of story. Yeah, so, yeah. but, but and she has two teenage daughters who didn't come because they didn't want to see mom crying, you know, and so they stayed home. And my prayer for them, and they're really good girls too, and they love the Lord. Yes, and my prayer for them is because they've been shy um, that they will now hold their head up, really proud of their mom to. Um, be open and vulnerable, that we will embrace them even more. They don't have to be uh, sorry or ashamed at all. Yeah. So please. Well, Leanne, I don't think you listened to the show, but thank you for mm-hmm. I told her we were going to talk about her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Paula, let's take a break before you change gears. We got Ray calling from San Antonio on line one. Ray, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Thanks for taking my call. Um, mm-hmm. Happy Thursday, you guys. Thank you. And I, thank you. And I, yeah, thank you. Um, Paul, we, we have heard Pastor Ron um, 
saying how he came to the Lord. He finally just fell down, but uh, I don't remember exactly what what it is that uh, you found uh, or were found. <laughs> Uh, and and uh, I just wondered if you wanted to share any of that with us, and uh, I'll listen on the radio. Thank you, Ray. Thanks, Ray. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Paula, actually, you can story. actually you can go online um, to our women's ministry. Um, I think it was 2017, Ray, at um, our women's luncheon, and. Uh, I gave my testimony then, but how I came to the Lord here, um, you know, I, I was, my dad died early. He was the caregiver in our family. You, you were 11. And I was 11. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was just a scary, scary time to be left with, um, with her. And she didn't really, she was not well. And she didn't really want children. And she didn't know, you know, she just didn't want children. And she was left stuck with uh, my younger brother and me, and uh, it was. A, I'm sure she was afraid, and a single mom all of a sudden, and uh, she just didn't know how to handle it. And so um, it was really, really, really scary growing up. And I just remember, after many years, um, me crying out, and, you know. And after I married Ron, and you know, at first we're we're lusting for one another, but uh, where's the love when? Uh, the job and the money and the fame for him became so important that I was there to make sure he had food on the table and his clothes were clean and, you know, whenever he needed <clears throat> conjugal visits, um, that was kind of what I was there for, it seemed like, um, but pretty much kind of ignored, leave leave really early in the morning and come home really late almost the next morning uh, being in the car business and I remember crying out um, where is the love where's the love I keep hearing all about you know and um, and I heard a voice and I'm not saved right at this time I heard a voice say I love you I always have and I always will and I'm looking around and you know I look up and, and I just said to the Lord I don't even believe in you and because God is really good, he kind of talks the way I can understand him. And this is what he said. I, and it wasn't one of those weird things, Ray, but it was one of those things where he said, then who are you talking to? Just like that, I heard that. Then who are you talking to? And uh, I just had to say, well, touche. He said, it was one of those things where what do you, what do you have to lose? Trust me. I love you, I always have, and I always will. And it really didn't make sense because when I was a little girl, my brother and I would get picked up every summer by a little by a bus from the Nazarene Church every year to go to Vacation Bible School. And that's where I learned the song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, for the Bible Tells Me So. I only knew the first verse. You know, if you listen to us for a while, I know two verses of that song now. But... Um, Throughout my life, when things were really difficult, really painful, that song would come to my mind, Jesus loves me, and then I would have to say, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And so, basically, that's, that's 
my my testimony as far as how I got saved, and then the rest of my story, it, it's on the it's on the website. Thanks, Paulo. Um, take a minute, tell the audience something that you know that they wouldn't know about you. Pretty much, I'm an open book. I think everybody knows everything. <laughs> we all have some stuff. We all have some stuff. Well, <clears throat> I was. I was afraid. I still am. I'm afraid a lot. Um, I'm pretty much an open book, Pastor. I don't know everything. Um, I come to church to learn, whether it's you teaching or anybody else up there, and then I go home and say, hmm, I think I better put that into practice. Um, but what about me? Um, I, was, I didn't want to become the parent that I had. And so when Jesus said he loved me, I thought, okay, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to try to love my, my husband and my kids the best I can with your help. And so I hope I was successful. A <laughs> um, couple of things I can share. Your, your brother is the athletic director at Arizona State University. Um, worked for the NFL before that. And uh, he's younger and, and you're still in contact with him pretty regularly. and. Yeah. And uh, we're praying for him. Yeah. Um, uh, and something that nobody knows, but but just a few people we've shared with, uh, Paula was a singer, and she was a really really good singer. Um, and uh, she signed a recording contract when we were just kids and just starting to run together. And um, that was when Diana Ross um, quit the Supremes and went out on her own as a solo act. And they asked you to be her replacement for the Supremes. And you, you, I'm laughing because this is, sounds crazy even now to me. But, but because that meant we wouldn't have been anymore, mm-hmm. you chose me instead of choosing the fame and fortune of being lead singer of the Supremes. Yeah. Can you imagine the Lord when you came to my house that day and I heard that voice say, this is the one for life. And then, you know, being enticed to um, take Diana Ross's place. And trust me, people, I mean, I can sing a little bit, um, but, you know, I, anyway, it doesn't matter. God had said, you're the one for life. And so if I make a different choice to go the other way, I'd have been like Abram going down to Egypt. Yep. Because they wanted me to date this other guy that they were priming to be, you know, that I was going to be seen in public with. And at the parties that they would have, you know, they're dressing me, they're making my makeup. Um, There's alcohol and drugs everywhere. Um, And the Lord you know, didn't want that for me. You know, it's funny, Paul, God protected you and he protected us, mm-hmm. which means he'd been protecting our children, mm-hmm. but he protected us um, when we didn't even know him. No. And yet he just, he just made it impossible yeah. to, to, to take that one sort of fatal step away mm-hmm. from the, from the path that he's laid out for us. Yeah. That's why I, um, the Rubik's cube, I used to carry it on my purse all the time because God is always in the business of making it 
turn out right. And I, I say this a lot too, our lives are like that um, start here and in here and that maze is in between and the twists and the turns we take if they're not good for us and we are paying attention, we run into that wall and it's like, uh-oh, like Abraham's life. Um, I need to make the correct move. That's what you were saying. When we mess up, we need to be redirected. Mm. And so, Lord, I've run into this wall because I've tried to do things in my own strength, my own way. Uh, can you help me get back on track? Well, you know, since we weren't saved... The, the, the earthly thing God must have used, Paula, was just how stunningly handsome I was. That too. And 19 years old. You were so cute. <laughs> I, you know, that's the thing. I was not looking for you. Yeah. You were looking for Tall, Dark, and Denzel. You know And what? got me, huh? Yeah, the Lord I used to say, you tricked me. He tricked me a lot, you know, because I was thinking, even after we got saved and I'm, I'm praying for you to get saved, and you got saved, and then the Lord said for you to be a pastor. I was like, Lord, you tricked me again. I just wanted somebody to take me to church. <laughs> <laughs> Not be the one who's heading up the church, but I love my life. I, I think the lesson for all of us is be careful what we ask for, because you wanted somebody to go to church with, and now you're here more than I'm here more than you. No, yeah. <laughs> hey, you can hear the music. We've got 30 minutes left in the day-to-day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Paula is live in the studio with me. If you have any questions or need any encouragement 340-9585 we'll be back in two minutes don't have time to call into the word to stand on for life no problem if you've got questions you can email them to pastor ron at pastor ron kslr at gmail.com that's pastor ron kslr at gmail.com Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Just now, during the break, we got the best news um, last Friday, I believe it was, uh, Felipe called from uh, the far northwest side. No, it was last Thursday. Uh, last Thursday show, okay. <laughs> and he asked for prayer because he was going in for open heart surgery. And uh, surgery was Monday. He did well. It was a difficult surgery, a lot of pain. But the good news we got was mm-hmm. that uh, you just got a picture of him leaving the hospital room holding some balloons saying, going home. So, mm-hmm. well, No, he is you? home. He is home. Yeah. So you want to talk? I'm going to read the, the update from last night. Um, Felipe was in much better spirits today. This is last night. Okay. As his pain was reduced from 8 to 10 down to 4 to 6. And most of his lines, chest tubes, got removed. He can breathe and speak easier today without those mean chest tubes in. He held down a little food. Vital signs are stable. He popped a temperature this afternoon, but they say breathing exercises and mobilization will help. He did some walking in the halls, got downgraded out of ICU. This is all great news. Your prayers are appreciated by us and heard by God. Hopefully, we will go home by Friday. 
And so I just got a couple of pictures. He is home, and he's holding a balloon that says, Welcome home, and the other one says, Heart to heart, and then on the back of that same heart to heart pillow, it says, This is how my heart was mended. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And thank you all for your prayers. I know we've had a lot of people emailing or, or some called in wanting to know how he was doing. I so appreciate that when we bring these prayer needs to you or somebody uh, calls and asks mm-hmm. for prayer, I so appreciate the fact that this audience prays for people. And, yeah. and they were hoping he could get home by Friday, and he's already there. He's already home. And he looks really good. So, Felipe, you're home. I'm sure you're listening to the program. Mm-hmm. God bless you, and we're grateful. We're grateful yeah. um, that God spared you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Paul. Oh, what? you look so good. I love you. Thank you, Jordan, for keeping us updated this whole time. We so appreciate this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We didn't have to wonder and worry because you were on it the whole time. What a blessing. Okay, Paula, what are you going to do with the last 26 minutes of your show? Okay, so... This Sunday is Father's Day. You've been all right, Pastor Ron. I am not your father. No, no, no. I'm talking to our kids. Oh, <laughs> oh you are not my father. You know we had a deal. Okay, let me tell you this. When we got married, this was one of those things. We would go out with people, and we'd be in the back seat, and they were calling each other Mommy and Daddy. They're married couples. Married couple. Uh, told, I looked at Ron, I said, Don't you ever. <laughs> never. You have, not your mother. And so and you are not my daddy. Mm-mm. And so we don't I don't get you a Mother's Day gift. You don't get me a Father's Day gift. Yeah. Because you're not my mm-hmm. I'm not your mother. mother. I'm not your mama. And I'm not your dad. So I pray for my kids to call you on Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's it. That's my gift to you. <laughs> But Father's Day, you know, was, I went home, I was like, okay, Lord, what are we going to talk about on the radio? Sometimes we, I get a little carried away and I forget myself. And so, you know, I was thinking about what a great father. It says in Mark 9, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. That's what a good father will do. Bring the boy to Jesus. And the only way they really can do that is if they've been with Jesus themselves. Did I just say a pastor? (laughs) Just be with Jesus. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. Jesus, I love Jesus. He says, how long has this been happening? He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. This is a good dad. He wants better for his son. And so Jesus says, what do you mean, if I can, Jesus Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. So, Father's Day. What kind of father are you out there? You know? Do you want the best for your child? Um, 
what kind of example are you setting? Um, are you praying for your child? And it doesn't have to just be a boy. This is a boy in here. Um, but are you are you setting the example? Are you praying for your child? Um, are you uh, leading them to Christ? Um, not just telling them about him, but actually, what would Jesus do? Are you living that? And so, Father's Day. I'm thinking about Jesus, too. If you want to comment, go mm-hmm. ahead. I'm thinking about um, Jesus, you know, when his parents were were leaving, and they were looking around for Jesus in the crowd, and they said, when they finally went back and found Jesus, they said, Jesus, what are you doing to us? You had us worried. He goes, why were you worried? Didn't you know that I would be about my father's business? Um, so Jesus was not only um, setting the example of where he should be, you know, um, being about his father's business. And I think about the kids here. Uh, we have so many families that I'm thinking of two young men in particular, Matthew and Caleb. Their dads are about their father's business. And those two young men in particular come to the Saturday morning prayer. It's like everybody be quiet when they pray. <laughs> they they are about their father's business, not only here at church, but in their colleges. They are under um, extreme pressure to conform to this world, but they are and have been in the father's house. They live with their fathers who are leading them in the right way, and they're able to say to anyone, no, 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 I'm about my father's and my father's business. Can I add, we've got a phone call waiting, Paula, but can I add one question that I'd like dads to ask? Do your children see you cherishing their mother? Mm-hmm. Are you teaching them how to be a godly husband or a godly wife? Um, can they look at your relationship and know that this is because of Jesus? So, um, good questions to ask on a Father's Day coming up. Let's take a phone call. We got our friend Jimmy from San Antonio on line one. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. How are you doing, Pilgrim? Hey, um, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, you know, <laughs> you know when your heart was, um, you said your heart was broken yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. Mine was, mine was too. I woke up and I was, I was crying out to God. I said, "Lord, why is this world the way it is now?" And then I was just praying and listening to some Christian music. And that's, I just wanted to share that with you. And Thank I have you, to say, and I, I have the same story that Paula. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the most perfect person in the world, but. I had the same story that Paula had. I was in California in the Oceanside, right? Carlsbad, Oceanside. And I was in the Navy, and I was studying to be a model and a, an actor, and I wanted to be a famous actor. And I was on my way. I had some newspaper clippings. You know, I, I made a newspaper and all that. I had my picture in the paper. But I chose my wife instead of that. For real. But I really believe I could have been a real famous actor in the uh, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just want to share that with you. I, you know, that I was, I was headed that direction. But I'm glad where I'm at today. I'm not rich. I'm rich in faith, but I'm not rich like those movie stars are. 
I don't think those, some of those movie stars are happy either. So. Yeah. Jimmy, thank you for sharing your heart. I appreciate it. A couple of things. One, well, we were talking today, Paula, about um, those those people that are rich and famous and, and getting divorced and being hooked on drugs and um, suicidal and often successful. Um, there, there's, there's no amount of wealth that's going to solve the, the longing of a human heart. It's just uh, the longing... For Jesus, um, I think Jimmy, when, when when you said your 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 heart was broken today, um, why is the world the way it is? We don't have to ask that question. Um, the question that we ought to be asking is, Lord, how can I be a light in the middle of this darkness? Because He's already told us that the world's going to be like this. You know, people get frustrated with me, Paula, because they say, "Well, well, that's not very optimistic." But but you know, the Bible tells us that the world is going to be like it is. We've seen staggering changes in 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 a shorter period of time than we ever imagined possible. Mm-hmm. Think about the last ten years. What's happened in this country? In 10 years, our country has been radically transformed. In the last four months, that transformation has hit the accelerator pedal. You ain't kidding. And um, the Christian response is to look up because he's coming soon. He's coming soon. And the scoffer, Peter says, will say, well, where is this coming? You always talk about things go on as they have. And Peter reminds us in Scripture that, that God is, is, is patient, unwilling that any should perish. So our responsibility as Christians is to take every minute, Paul calls it redeeming the time, making the most of every opportunity. Um, our responsibility is to, to use every minute we have before Jesus comes to make sure people who don't know him know about him so they can make a choice. Yeah. We don't want their blood on our head mm-hmm. so they want to make a choice. And and um, you know if they choose to reject him, that's not on us. But our job is to tell them. And I think we get so influenced. Um, I'm not going to beat this drum, but with this 24-hour news cycle and people are walking around so afraid of everything um, that they forget, well, wait a minute, we're prepared for this. We're ready for this because Jesus told us in his word that this is what things are going to be like. Yeah. Unbelievable speed yeah. that things have changed. Crazy. He's yeah. coming. Yeah. Our, um, our women's luncheon on September 12th, and this is the first time I'm saying anything about it on the radio, um, the theme is Revelation 22.7, Behold. I am coming soon. And I know those the martyrs were like, how long? You know, Lord? and I'm sure a bunch of the Christians in this world are saying, but how long, oh, Lord? Um, and he's, he's patient, unwilling. But he's also patient, wanting us to prove our faith genuine. You know, if I, and I have a tendency, as you well know, like I told the audience earlier, to be a little fearful as well, and so on purpose, I don't listen to all of the the news and you know the world's coming to an end. You know, chicken little's running around. Um, even at breakfast today, I had a lady come over to our table, you know, with her mask on, and you know the 
the cases are, are, are spiking up again. That's why I'm wearing a mask. And I didn't have a mask on. So I think she was trying to tell me. I kept waiting for you to say, it's going to be hard to eat. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to eat your pancakes? But, you know, to say, okay, Lord, you have me. You have me. Um, I'm, I'm careful. I put my mask on in the places that I'm supposed to have. Um, but I just don't want to be paralyzed by this. Anyway, so I try not to listen to too much of the news. I know stuff is happening. Um, but like the couple we were talking about today. So what if I get sick? Okay. God will be with me. Just like he told me, I love you. His have grace is sufficient. Yeah. And so, but what, you know, but I might die. Okay, you know what? I'm going to die one day anyway, and I'm going to be with Jesus. And so um, I want to be consistent in my faith. I don't want to run hot and cold. I don't want to be one who's, you know, just because uh, I haven't gotten it um, to be like waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's going to happen eventually. Kind of. I don't want to be like that. Yeah, you know, Paula, we, speaking of that, we, we've had uh, three people in our church who were notified at the places they work that somebody in their unit or somebody, a fellow employee, uh, has tested positive, and they had to go get tests. And people freak out, you know. It's like, oh, God, I'm going to get it. What's going to happen? And, and we always tell them, Look, well, how about we wait to worry until there's something to worry about? And then we'll approach it with prayer, mm-hmm. and God will give grace one day at a time. And and all three, praise the Lord, tested negative uh, when their test came back. But but the thing is, we worry about so much stuff that never happens. I, I would just be so, for me, and I, I, I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. You know, if you need to stay home, f- fine. But for me, I have ministry to do. Can you imagine if I tell you, Pastor Ron, well, I'm not going to church. You're called to be the pastor. You call to be the teacher, especially in Sweet Summer Devotions. I don't even teach. And so I'm just going to stay home. You go on and go there. In fact, I'll drive you over there. But when you come home, you better wash down everything before you come in the house. Don't kiss me. Don't touch me. None of that stuff until. Now, that's not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, I know. Okay. (laughs) Um, Until this whole thing is over, you know. I would. I'm missing out on ministry. I know what I'm called to do. And so, Lord. You're sending me here. This is where I'm supposed to be. I'm just going to trust you to take care of me. I don't want to freak out. I don't want to freak out. And so I think I've been doing all right. But it's it's really a big help to have you in my home, you know, so you can kind of remind me. Don't freak out, Paul. You know, I, want, I want to be clear. We're, we're, not, we're not advocating that people be reckless or careless, um, you know, but, but at the same time, ministry Paula, and this is one of the things I've been so proud of you for, is knowing that you have a tendency to be fearful. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't withheld yourself from people in ministry. We've had, it seems like lately, God is bringing some really, really hurting people to mm-hmm. us. I mean, people with their lives um, on the, the brink of suicide, people, I mean, just so many people. And, and imagine trying to minister to that girl or to that guy from six feet away. That's not what Jesus would do. He said, suffer not the little children to come unto me. Now, these are adults, but they're his kids. Mm -hmm. And either he's going to protect us, or we're going to get sick. 
and overwhelmingly people recover from this. 98%. Yeah. The, the, the point we, we need to understand is that, that ministry is a risk. And if we're protecting ourselves, what does that say about our heart for others? That's not Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. That's, that's Jesus saying, uh, you disciples wash my feet. He didn't do that. Yeah, he put his, put his hands on the face of the leper. You know, I pray daily for the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused. Since all of this has happened, I've added the fearful in that. Well, when they show up, we've got to minister to them. And I can't be, you can't be concerned about our own physical welfare. Um, I mean, doctors do this for money. We do it for a calling that's so much higher than that, and we appreciate our doctors. And mm-hmm. but, but the truth of the matter is, is, is we're in exactly the same position they are. They're saving lives. We're saving souls. Yeah. And when people come in and they're hurting, it's our responsibility to be available for them. And that means if I've got a mask on, I'm going to take it off so they can see me. They can look into my eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and you have been out there with people and you know we ask people before we hug them yeah but we want to we want to let them know look if you need uh, we're huggable yeah and and there's I've, I've had people angry at me say that's reckless you're setting a bad example for the church um i think what i'm doing is setting an example of loving the people without regard for my own safety yeah and i think that's what jesus teaches us to do yeah that with the you're talking about the people who are you know the the sexual abuse the physical abuse the suicide rate all of that has gone up the divorce rate is going up because in this quarantine people were forced to look at who they really are <laughs> you will be alone you will get along mm-hmm. and it hasn't proven to be so so good so yeah so we have some of those people who've come into the church here to say i don't care i've got to be in fellowship and if somebody's crying and i'm looking at them like you're saying i can't minister to them across the room you know some of them barely they come in and they're they're weeping and so i'm going to say well uh, as soon as you're done weeping over there maybe we can talk be, be warm and well-filled? Yeah. Paul, we have a sweet man in the church. His name is Alfred, and he's going through mm. some cancer treatments, yeah. and and uh, um, uh, he's got other physical issues. Yeah. And, and by all rights, he ought to be one who stays home mm-hmm. um, because he's in a, in a super high-risk category. Mm-hmm. But he looked at me, and he just said, well, how can I not be here? This is where I get well. Yeah. And, and bless his heart. I made a comment in my study this Sunday about me not having any style mm-hmm. you know everybody has style I don't have a style yeah. and, and, and he came up with tears in his eyes and said Pastor Ron your style is what led me to Jesus mm. and, and tears flowed down his face he needs to be with the body isolation is not good for people mm-hmm. and he needs to be with the body and um, you know what he sits there and he soaks up the word mm-hmm. and he's okay with it yeah. see we've got the right to make that choice yeah. And um, if the doctors can risk their lives to minister to the, the physically hurting, mm-hmm. um, why shouldn't we yeah. risk ours for the spiritually hurting, the emotionally hurting? There's just a lot of pain out there. There sure is. You know, I was thinking about the, the two brothers. Um, and give me my father's 
um, inheritance, you know. <laughs> Who made me a referee between the two of you? Yeah, Jesus? yeah, yeah. And so the, the one boy finally, you know, he comes to his senses and he says, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned to his father. And you know the story is father runs to him, filled with love and compassion, embraced him and kissed him. Um, that would be such a huge Father's Day gift, not only for the people to come back to Jesus, um, but for those in your family, some of you fathers, no matter the age, if you are estranged from your father, um, this is a really good time. This, the, you know what the best Father's Day gift would be? Is for you to say, I'm sorry. That'd be an awesome Father's Day. Gift. And you're talking about the fathers to the kids, as well as the kids to the fathers. Uh, well, I was only talking kids <laughs> to the fathers, but yeah, that would be really good because the other scripture says fathers don't exasperate your children. And so, if you've been guilty of that, yeah, this would be a great Father's Day for you too. You could unburden yourselves of guilt and shame, and be one who's a reconciler. Yeah, Paul, does it make sense with Jesus coming back soon? Does it make sense to to make peace with people? Mm-hmm. If it's at all possible, but, yeah. but the initiative is on you. If you've got something between you and somebody else, a, a father or a father for a son, mm-hmm. um, this is a time to, to just think, well, Jesus is coming in the light of, of the return of Jesus and me spending forever with the Lord what value is there in holding on to anything else? Mm-hmm. And and it's just really a good time to to make things right as much as it's possible with you. And uh, for sons and dads, daughters and dads, mm-hmm. I think it'd be a really, really good thing. We've been shocked over the years, and not much shocks us, but we've been shocked over the years at how much animosity there is between fathers and daughters, how much physical abuse, spiritual abuse, verbal abuse... There is. Uh, it's, a t- it's, it's time to repent and set all those things aside. Yeah, it definitely is. We're inside two minutes, so um, you finish. Okay. So, uh, the next Sweet Summer Devotion speaker is Stephanie Marquez. And she is shy as well, but she, I, I went to a, a baby shower at her house and she did the devotion. She knows Jesus. Her son is Nathan, the one you talk about, who knows the Bible. Um, And so I'm really excited to hear what she has to say. Um, I'm never never too shocked, but I'm always exceptionally pleased. The Lord always makes me look like a genius for the people (laughs) I I get to pick. Paula, our technical people just just advised me that Paula's testimony is now on the top of the women's ministry page. So that's calvarysa.com. If you're interested in her testimony, Ray, or anybody else out there, um, go check it out. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. This has been the Word to Stand Up for Life, the date day show, live with Paula. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Calvary.